Welcome to Saturday Night's All Right for podcasting, delivered to you on a chrome-plated tray by Elton John World. I'm your host, George Matlock. Now, you heard me right. It's Saturday Night's All Right, not all tight. We like to loosen tongues on this show and expect some convo banter. And a double thank you if you've just joined us for the first. This is indeed the inaugural edition of the Radio Elton Show podcast. For such an extraordinary and historic event, we didn't want to take any chances. So we played it safe, at least I think. We invited along a veteran of Elton John World interviews. He's a drummer who did the honours on Tina Turner's We Don't Need Another Hero, worked with Nick Kershaw and auditioned for Elton John at the Live Aid uh, concert. That's the biggest ever gig back in 1985. He did rather well at Wembley Stadium for that event and went on to be Elton's drummer through most of the 1990s. Can we have... A really, really big and warm welcome to Charlie Morgan. Welcome, welcome, Charlie. Can you hear us all right? I can, yes. Good evening. Yes, great to have you on the show. How are you doing? Oh, pretty well. Yes, it's a um, sultry afternoon here in Tennessee. What a, what a, doesn't that sound so evocative? You say Tennessee, you just drop it in there like that, you know. It's, it sounds like a really nice part of the world. Um, it is, actually. Tennessee's a nice state. Um, I'm not sure about the politics myself. <laughs> okay. Uh, but where I live in Nashville is actually um, a stronghold of the Democrat side. So mm -hmm. It has a lot of transplants from elsewhere. And so... It's um, it's a little bit more um, level-headed, shall we say? Right. I'm going to say <laughs> I'm going to get into politics here. No, that's fine. We'll we'll steer you away, actually, if that's right. So I know you left the UK and another place that's dogged with, uh, shall we say, suspect politics at the moment, uh, more than twenty years ago, and uh, now you're you're living out in Nashville, uh, really an incredible place to be, I'm sure. Um, I was actually marvelling at your very posh new sound room uh, decked out with your drum kit. Can you tell us what kind of hardware you entertain these days? And is it what you used when you worked with Elton John? Uh, well, officially, I'm a Natal endorser. Um, but actually, the kit that is in the tracking room is an old one from... Actually, it started life in the 1985-86 tour with Elton. It features on the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra um, video that, that we did. So it's the same kit as that. It's a Premier Black Shadow kit. And uh, yeah, I set it up in the studio because I have a... Uh, I, I like it very much. It's, it, it actually, it featured on all of the Elton albums that I recorded as well. Um, oh, really? So it has quite a history, yes. Wow. So it's the, the same, the real, it's not just the, the same design, it's the actual drum kit that you used in these recordings. Yes. Um, I, we used it on tour in 85 and 86. And um, 
Uh, I did. I actually used a different kit on the Ice on Fire album, but I only played on what two, three tracks on that. Um, that was when I first met Elton. But um, then I got this drum kit from Premier for the world tour, and uh, in mid tour, actually mid middle of '86, we did the um, uh, sessions for uh, which one? Uh, 1986. We were at Visselord Studios in in Holland, and we. That kit was used on that. And then, yes, actually, it's every single, I'm thinking about this, every single album I did, studio album, without featured that kit. How amazing. And there, and there was some seriously good music recorded in those years as well. So that's quite, quite an honorary drum set you've got there. It is, yes. And I have, um, I have a lot of fond memories of this kit. So it sounds great as well, apart from anything. Yeah, I've got to throw this in while I remember because you mentioned Premier and um, uh, some many, many years ago, um, this was 2001, Elton's, around time of Elton's 55th birthday, uh, we had a special gig lined up at the Cavern Club up in Liverpool, uh, which, as you know, Elton actually did perform at uh, back in, well, way back in 1967, in fact, so really, really way, way back. But we did this kind of reunion. We brought Blue Sology, his original band, together, and their drummer is uh, Mick Inkpen. And he'd he'd long disposed of his drum set. I mean, he's now works in a completely different industry. He's out of music completely, and so we had to get a drum kit for him. So I went to Ludwig Drums, as they were, of course, Ringo Starr's uh, chosen uh, brand, and um, they they jumped on the idea. And then, uh, then something went wrong. I got a phone call from Mick. He said, oh, yeah, the drum kits arrived from, Pre- uh, from, uh, from Ludwig, uh, but there's a problem. There's no cymbals. I said, what do you mean there's no cymbals? And he said, well, they don't make cymbals, apparently. I didn't know this. Is, yeah. that, is that true? Is, is there, I mean, because I, yeah, I, I just always thought it came together. and cymbal manufacturers. Yeah. Right, okay, okay. Well, we threatened to go to Premier, and at that point, Ludwig managed to pull it together, and they got the cymbals down to Mick, and so we had a full kit. So, yeah, I, I had to be I had to be the hard manager there for a moment in order to get a result, or we would have been cymbal-less. That wouldn't be fun. That wouldn't be fun at all. Okay, Brill, so so that's what you're, what you're using. Use Premier. And it is indeed a, a very auspicious uh, 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 brand, indeed. So great to hear about that. But we're going to change. We're going to slightly change the, t- the the mood now with our next question. Yes, indeed. That's the the rocket sweeper that you'll be hearing here on the program very often. Uh, is a great way to sort of you know sort of just to um, clear the the cobwebs and get on to the next question, which is about. Your family life, my friend. So, Charlie, I know you've got, because we we heard her in, in the background doing a few special effects for us earlier, but she's really well behaved at the moment. May that continue. Uh, you've got a lovely dog called Nikki, one of your loves in life. Am I right? Yes, she is the daughter I never had, I think. Um, oh. And we are, yeah, we're very seriously bonded. Um, that has its disadvantages in that she gets quite, uh, she gets quite, um, clingy sometimes she's actually sitting well she's lying asleep in the corner so uh, that's good let sleeping dogs lie as they say <laughs> but she's um she's a rescue and she's just past four years old happy yeah, birthday exact birthday uh, but we knew she was born sometime in july because i got her in january and she was five months old i think um, january of nine, 2019 so i I decided a date somewhere in mid-July, and uh, in the end, I ended up with Bastille Day, July the 14th. 
Oh, right. A nice revolutionary date. Yes. There you go. <laughs> That's her birthday. Nikki's officially four years old and a month and a half now. So. Right. Brilliant. Well, congratulations on her fourth birthday. So um, obviously a great bond there connected. Must be difficult when you uh, want to tour and when you want to be recording and, 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 and performing sort of outside of Nashville. Or do you take her with you? Uh, I don't, actually. Um, I haven't actually been on a long journey with her, but I'm sure she'd be fine. But my girlfriend, who has a 13-year-old dog, who Nikki has known all her life, um, he's a sweetheart. He's called Jude. Hey, Jude. Um, and he is a labrador Bazinji mix, we think. Um, very long-suffering, and uh, they are best friends. And Lisa looks after Nikki when I'm away. Now, Lisa, that's your partner, right? Yes, yeah, she's a, yes, she's my girlfriend. Right, and um, and uh, and what is the so so is this an, also a rescue? Is yeah, Jude, I think you yes, yeah. and he's um, he's been with Lisa for a long time, and as I say, he's thirteen years old, and he's actually pretty active. He's he's pretty good. Um, good, good for good for that. And um, and in the case of Nikki, do we know what kind of breed mix that she is? Yes, we do, actually, because I've done her genetics. Um, Looks-wise, she is a Collie Red Healer cross. So she's an orange dappled color. And um, she's, about, she's about 22 kilos, um, mid-size. But um, she's got some husky in her. And, um, but the largest single percentage, which I never see at all, I can't see it, is a Pyrenean. <laughs> oh. Apparently she has about 30% Pyrenean, but uh, that means she should be a really large, fluffy white dog, but no, she's not. Right, so I wonder where her allegiance is. If, she, if, if it's Bastille Day, is her birthday, and she's got a bit of Pyrenees in her, so I presume she's on the French side of the Pyrenees, not the Spanish side. Uh, apparently, she must be. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well that's fantastic news, so Thank you so much for sharing that with us, um, uh, Charlie. And now I think we'll, we'll go back to the music. So let's listen to a bit of a recent track from Tom Paul. Here you are distinctly on the drums, Charlie, and the track is called So Isolated. The wire's cold Ain't heard nothing for days the checkout time There's gonna be hell to pay So isolated I don't wanna step outside So isolated I feel the winds collide Hanging from a guitar string Back behind an old box spring That's so isolated from Tom Paul. But we are well connected here at Elton John Wells London Studios. We're talking to Elton John drummer Charlie Morgan. If you have just joined us, Charlie, tell us about this song and your association with Tom. I've known Tom um, oh, at least 20 years now. Um, when I was living in Florida, I had a friend of mine 
who is a producer. Well, he still is a friend, and he is still a producer. <laughs> okay, okay. That, that, uh, some things don't change. Okay. No, no. He's a very old friend of mine, a guy called John Marsden, and he brought this artist to my attention and said, hey, this guy's a songwriter, and um, he's looking to do an album. And uh, we had heard some of his songs, and we thought, oh, this is quite interesting. This is... Uh, yeah, this is different. It's got a kind of different slant to it. It's slightly Americana, but more kind of rocky. And this was Tom, Tom Paul. He's up near um, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And um, John still, John Marsden still lives down in Florida. Um, but Tom is constantly sending me tunes. I mean, I think I must have played on at least 200 of his songs. No way. Uh, yeah, at least 200. He's a prolific songwriter. Um, it's interesting because he's now completely 100% retired, but he was working for an electrical supplier for uh, most of the time that I knew him. And so he was only really doing this in his spare time, but now he's, um, he's got more time to, to actually sit and write because of retirement. And um, yeah, we've, uh, we've done quite a few tracks. We did a, a number of tracks during lockdown and uh, you know, it's always long distance. He sends me a, a, a the tempo, the guitar rough with a vocal on it, and then I'll play drums to it. And quite often he'll then retrack his guitar and bass to that. Uh, and then John Marsden will play keyboards on it and mix it. Um, so it kind of, the, the files wing their way through the airwaves from my place back to Tom's in Pittsburgh, and then from Tom's down to John Marsden's in Orlando. And he'll mix it and send it back, and so it's a, it's a you know, it's a typical long distance uh, recording session. Well, it's a little bit like, of course, the songwriting of one Elton John and one Bernie Taupin. I mean, they're very rarely in the same room, um, and two yet rooms. yeah, two rooms, literally two rooms at the end of the world, as was a 1980 song, and of course later a, an album of the same title back in '93. Um, but yeah, no, it sounds and, and a lot of creative work, of course, around the world happens like that. I guess though, it's reinforced now by the pandemic and the fact that we've had a few bouts of lockdown. I think so. Yes, um, of course, we've had one. One bout of lockdown and then complete um, anarchy after that. <laughs> oh dear! We won't talk about that. That's you know that's the whole anti-vaxxers, anti-maskers, uh, conspiracy theorists um, rubbish. Yeah. Well, this is this is a, a real uh, a real virus, and it really is um, killing, and it really is. Uh, in a, in now, of course, we've got a vaccine. I suppose and it's just a hugely annoying inconvenience more than anything else because it you have to you should really isolate. Although even there. I mean, British government advises you don't have to um, anymore. Yeah. So I mean, I've been I, I've been very careful and I've been masking. I mean, I double vaxxed and um, boosted in February of this year. Mm -hmm. Then I went and did a gig down in South Carolina at a, actually a, a retirement community, and it was a mask-free, um, chaotic free-for-all. Gosh, um, <clears throat> but. I, driving back from that gig um, the following day, I suddenly realized I was getting a scratchy throat and I had, had a few tests on me. And at my last recharging stop, just 80 miles away from home, I was sitting in the car waiting for it to charge up and um, I took the test and came up positive. So I phoned my girlfriend who'd just driven 30 miles across town to be with me for the weekend. I said, go home. 
and I'll let you know. And I was in isolation for 14 days in February this year. Well, I'm glad you take it seriously, uh, Charlie, and I, I, I just wish that more citizens did the same um, because it is it, it is very contagious. I mean, I, I've been double vaccinated, had the booster as well. I think it was in April, maybe, or, or March, can't remember now, something like that. Um, and um, my my wife caught it in, in June, and then um, I went to an Elton John concert in Hyde Park, uh, I even wore a mask. And if you look at the website on Elton John World, you'll see me actually wearing a mask during the gig. I was the only person who did. Somebody in front of me um, was, was getting too carried away, these uh, middle, middle-aged middle people, you know, just like me, really, um, were getting so animated, they started flying, you know, the, the soft drinks started flying and some of it fl- flew across my face. I wasn't too impressed. And I'm not saying it was the soft drink that did it, but of course, a few days later, scratchy throat, and yes, I went down with it as well. So I don't know if I got it from my wife, although we did our best to 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 um, manage the you know to, this, the containment in the in the house, and it's a decent sized house, so we we did everything we could, um, or, or whether this was uh, you know from from the concert, or whether it was from a, a conference, a business conference I had to visit that same week where I know there were a number of cases. It could have come from any any one of those three possibilities wife conference or the gig with elton but it just happened and i and i went down with it luckily the symptoms were not very serious but of course it's still a nuisance and i did what you did i did the self-isolation as well yeah for me actually it was like the worst flu i've ever had in my life oh don't tell me you're going down with it again please no no this is uh seasonal allergies i'm afraid right okay right I don't think I can catch it from you. Not not through the microphone, through this uh, the, the way we've we've arranged the studio here. I don't think we can. We we, we no, <laughs> we're not not going to catch it. Okay. Yeah. When I come to the UK, I plan to actually have the um, the latest. I think there's a latest Omicron um, based version that uh, I've got to have an, another right. booster shot. Right. Before I come over. Oh, is that right? You've got to have another booster. I thought that was only for the over seventy fives. Um. I don't, well, I I think it's probably going to be wise if I do that. Right. So this is more of a cautionary thing as opposed to a, a requirement. Yeah, precautionary. Precautionary, even. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't want to tempt fate here, do we? No. You're quite right. Okay. Well. Well. Good luck with that. We'll be talking about that in just a moment because I I am very much aware you're coming back to the United Kingdom to Blighty uh, quite soon. Uh, but one thing I just wanted to quickly come back to about uh, just uh, finally about uh, uh, Tom Paul I mean I love the track by the way so thank you for sharing that uh, with us and um, I, I one of the things that caught me was the vocal it is unusual some high notes some really interesting use of the voice there uh, is that very much hallmark Tom uh, or, or is that or yes, was it just it the way it came out yeah. no it, it definitely is and um, you know I, I think it's you know he's got a little bit of that Tom Petty mm. down to him. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a bit of Dylan in there. Um, but also he just says, you know, it's the way I sing. And that's <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Well, stay with us, everyone. So we're going to change the topic ever so slightly. We're going to tilt it now back towards Elton John. And um, uh, I I know that among various projects that you're working on, as well as the original rock music we've just heard, you've also been keeping in with the Elton John story. I saw an Elton John tribute gig that was on the list featuring a six foot three fella named Greg Bickley. Tell us more about that. Yes, um, I've been doing this for some time. Um, I met Greg through his, believe it or not, his father. I can believe it. 
it, he um <laughs> well when i lived in florida i worked with a guy called bruce wallace a guitarist mm -hmm. and um he had apparently been in a show band in the 1980s with a guy called bruce bickley who played keyboards mm -hmm. so um Bruce's son, Greg, has a band called Tokyo Joe that is based out of Columbia, South Carolina, which is a, kind of a cool town, actually. It's a um, university town. It's um, actually, it's the capital of South Carolina. So it has the Capitol building. Um, it's a pretty um, kind of open place to be. You know, it's, it's a nice place because the university, a lot of students, and, um, you know, it's it's there are a lot of very highly educated people there put it that way yeah and is it quite international as well if, if there are students there presumably it's quite international to some extent i think i mean usc is is a fairly international um certainly it, it draws um, people from all over the united states um and in fact they have a fairly good uh, sports program so they've got some good teams you know they they have the gamecocks which is uh, their football team and uh, actually, I think they're the same name for the baseball, uh, basketball team, rather. But um, so anyway, I got a, f a phone call from Bruce Wallace in Florida saying, hey, can I give your phone number to this young lad? He said, <laughs> this young lad who's doing an Elton tribute show in um, Columbia, South Carolina. And at the time, um, Greg was really only doing this once a year as a fundraiser for a charity, a local charity. Uh, and it would normally happen in um, uh, in January. And um, so I said, yeah, absolutely, no problem. So Greg called me and said, hey, look, uh, it, this would entail about three or four days of you coming down here. Uh, we rehearse maybe one night or two nights, and then, um, and then we'll do the gig on the Saturday. And I said, absolutely, I'd love to do that. And I think that was about 12 or 13 years ago. It has to have been... Um, somewhere around 2010. So I, I drove down to Columbia, South Carolina, which is about a 450 mile drive. Hmm. And, um, and it went really well. We played the Koga Center, which actually Elton has played with Ray Cooper. Okay. Holds about seven and a half thousand. But over the years, we did this as an annual event for about five or six years. You know, I would, I would be um, accustomed to the, the request that you know, could I come down in late January and do this show? And um, and I would. I'd just go down there for a couple of days and you know, drive down on the Thursday, um, be there for rehearsal, run through on Friday, and then play the gig on Saturday. But um, we started getting more and more interest, um, not just for the charity events, but also for you know uh, financially remunerating events um, at other parts times of the year. So. I started working with him like five or six times a year, um, and not just during the you know the January charity event. And we became very good friends. And he's really good. He's he's good at what he does. He, he and he he demeans himself in some of Elton's costumes. I mean, he's had some of them made. And mm. <laughs> you know, he doesn't mind wearing the costumes. <laughs> right. He's a he's um, a tall fellow though. So how? Yes. Um, yeah, so I suppose there's a little bit of modification required for his sartorial attire. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, you know, but I think that people can... Uh, it seems that people are able to, uh, uh, I don't know, put it to one side and that 
they see through it. The fact, you know, mm. and I mean, Greg says, "Hey, I'm a, t a six foot three tall, red-headed guy." You know, uh, so I look nothing like Elton at all until I put the stuff on. You know, mm. fantastic. But, um, but you know, the funny thing is that um, right the way through this, um, I meet this girl. You know, three years ago, four years ago, almost, um, and it turns out she is from a suburb of Columbia, South Carolina, called Lexington, South Carolina. I've heard of it, Lexington, yep. And she was born in Lexington. And not only that, we did some more research, and Lisa discovered that she went to school with Greg Bickley's cousin and was also at school with the girl that sells the merchandising. So basically, all these people that I got to know are also people that she knows. How amazing. This is Lisa from Lexington. Lisa from Lexington, South Carolina, because there's a Lexington, Kentucky, there's a Lexington, Tennessee. There. Ah. Now, I don't know why. You know, the Lexington's in almost every state, I think. I've heard of the one in Kentucky. That's what I was thinking of. Right. Okay. Good Good to know. There's, so there's quite a few Lex, Lexingtons around, but there's only one Lisa, right? Yes, there's only one Lisa, and she's from Lexington, South Carolina. And so we have a lot of mutual friends, which is... So apparently it was meant to be. Absolutely. Fantastic. So carrying on with the Elton John story now, um, uh, as you know, uh, it's got to be at least a year, maybe more ago, I wrote um, in the midst of the pandemic and the lockdowns uh, an article for Elton John World where I pleaded with Elton to consider rotating the band for his farewell Goodbye Yellow Brick World tour, which is ongoing at the moment. I guess I would have liked to have seen some surprise guests on stage and more variety, really, in a sort of gala-style performance. Well, it fell on deaf ears. Many of the fans, however, have complained during this tour that the gigs have been centred on the 1970s with no surprises thrown in. Um, have you caught any of the shows, Charlie, um, or are you going to them now that Elton is touring again in the USA this month? I have not caught any of the shows, and um, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to, actually, because I think he's here when I'm away this month, I believe. He's playing uh, uh, Nissan Stadium, um, and I don't think I'm going to see any of them, actually, because I, I'll be away in October and November when he comes back down here, I believe. Trying to work out what the, the schedule is, but I, I, I don't think no, I don't think I'm going to be able to see any of them. I okay. mean, I'm in touch with Davy and I'm in touch with John Mayhem quite a bit. Um, tell me where they are. Uh, I know that he's playing. Well, September the thirtieth, and I'm playing a gig here. But September the thirtieth, he's playing Arlington, Texas, um, outside Dallas. I know that for sure because I've. I've got to request in for some VIP tickets for a friend of mine. Right. I've got to ask you, Arlington, Texas. Are you saying that because there's also an awful lot of Arlingtons about? <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid so. There's a number of Arlingtons. <laughs> there's a few Nashvilles. You know, people talk about Nashville and they assume it's Tennessee. But yeah. There is, I believe, a, a Nashville, in, again, in a number of different states. How confusing is that? Okay. All right. Well, um, now on to the final topic. Which is your um, your travels next? Now, you mentioned yourself that you're going to be out of the States quite soon. Um, I know you'll be touring, and um, we are really thrilled uh, to hear that you have joined forces with no less than three divas on stage in the UK 
in October and November this year. They are Julia Fordham, Beverly Craven, and the very strong Elton Rocket Records-linked Judy Tsuk. Now, rumour has it that rumour who has a voice that has often been compared to that of Karen Carpenter, no less, will also be on the tour. Can you tell us more? Yes, I believe she is on the tour. I mean, there was some doubt at one point, and then uh, I actually, well, basically I've been given um, a list of songs, and they include rumours songs. Uh, yeah, well, well, Woman to Woman is setting out on tour in the third week of October, right the way through to the end of November in the UK. Right. All all UK gigs. So I know there's quite a few gigs as well, isn't it? Um, do you, can you enumerate? Do you remember how many it is? I think it's 17 or 18 shows. Um, right across the UK. Right across the UK, yes. Fantastic. And um, how did this come about, this, this, this tour? Because, I mean, they're all very distinctive singers in their own right. Uh, I know they've been working together for a while. I've been looking at YouTube and there have been some recordings going back to 2018 and so on. So I know that at least three of them, uh, meaning without rumour, were, were uh, already actively um, uh, working together. And then I know rumour has also recorded a few recently with them. Um, but what, what, first of all, what was the sort of the idea behind the woman to woman thing and then how did you um, uh, get get involved well from what i can gather originally i mean i was aware of the woman to woman tour in 2018 um and as you know i've worked quite a lot with judy zook um played on i think four of her albums and toured a couple of times with her i've known her since 1981 wow um and then beverly craven i toured with her in 1990 and 91 during the time when Elton had disappeared off the face of the earth for a couple of years to, you know, go through rehab and everything. Um, and I, I was kind of part of the band that broke Beverly into the mainstream uh, for that two-year period. We, we toured Europe a couple of times during that, that time. And, um, you know, starting in smaller venues and then ending up in much bigger venues as she became more popular. Uh, from what I can gather, Beverly was the instigator. I think she realized that she and Judy Zook and Julia Fordham were all signed to the same agent for gigs. And I think she postulated to the agent that they could fill larger venues if all three of them played together. Strength in numbers. Yes. And also, you know, they can each of them bring their own fans plus you know, there, there's some cross-pollination going yeah, on. Yeah. And um, so, from what I could gather, it was Beverly's idea in the first place. And um, earlier this year, I got a an Instagram phone call from Judy Zook, actually. <laughs> okay, Instagram uh, phone call, right, okay. Yeah, Instagram, you know, live. Mm -hmm. I think she sent me a message first, and then I called her, uh, either on WhatsApp or Instagram. But she said, would you consider doing the autumn tour with us? And I said, oh, I'd love to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and because apparently she and Beverly had had a conversation and it, I'm not sure. I think they weren't totally happy with the entire lineup of their band from the previous tour. Mm. And, um, so they were discussing drummers and Beverly said, what do you think of Charlie Morgan? And Judy said, Oh, he's great. I love him. I've worked with him over, you know, decades. 
And so that's when Liddy contacted me, and then I phoned Beverly, and we had a conversation, and it was wonderful. It was great. It was really good to hear from her. Um, and I love what Julia Fordham does. I mean, I, I really love her music. Um, I don't. I know le less about Rumor than the other three, but um, I'm, I'm I'm quite excited. Yeah. That would, and and you and you so could be because I mean all three of the the main lineup are incredibly successful. They've done a lot. I mean Beverly Craven Promises. I want to actually ask you about that because that was of course a massive hit for her back in nineteen ninety. Promises. Pro promise me, yeah. Promise, Pro me, promise me, me, promise me. Sorry, that was it. Yeah. And and um, I don't remember any drums on that. Were you on that? Yeah, there are drums on it. Oh, I need to listen no, to I it again. On the original, Dave Maddox was on the original. Oh, was he? <clears throat> the man who played on Nikita. Yes. Uh, amongst others, he and I both played on the Ice on Fire album, and then I got asked to do uh, Live Aid as a result of that. Yeah, 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 that's right, because that was that, that 1985 was that big sort of watershed moment, wasn't it? As you said, uh, part, part of the Ice on Fire album uh, you, you were involved in, and then came Live Aid, of course. And then the rest is history. So fantastic. So um, so well done to to Beverly and Judy having that moment of conversation, which led to in the same direction. It's brilliant. Absolutely fantastic news. So you're going to be back in the UK uh, during uh, during the autumn this year. Um, I, I, I'm sure you're really looking forward to it. We all are in London. Only one gig, though. Am I right? Yeah. At Alexander Palace. Yeah. Um, yeah. Only one gig in London. Although, you know, there's. There's one in Basingstoke, there's one in Cambridge, there's one in Aylesbury, which is just around the corner from yep. staying with my sister. Right. That's Buckinghamshire, I think. Yep. Just on the border of Buckinghamshire, because yep. my sister and brother-in-law live in Birkenstead. Right. No, well, lovely, lovely part of the world. Yeah. Fan oh, yes. Fantastic. Fantastic. So you're going to be going to the, very much the, the birthplace of British radio broadcasting, Alexandra Palace. How about Ali that? Pally. Ali yeah. Pally. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, great place, great venue. Um, and um, I just hope people are going to be careful with their cigarette stubs. We know what happened there in 1980. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we had to yeah. rebuild it. It was, a, it was a Crystal Palace moment there, unfortunately. Yes, unfortunately. Anyway. Yeah, I, I remember that well. <laughs> so, Charlie, it's been an absolute, absolute pleasure to have you on the show today. Great. Well, look, thank you so much again. And we're, we're very much uh, rooting for you um, in October and November. Uh, if people want to get tickets to come to the gigs, where should they go? I think, actually, you can type in... Um, you can type in Woman to Woman uh, on any browser and Woman to Woman tour and you'll find it. Um, yeah. I, fi I found it the easy way. I just went to Beverly Craven. I've always liked the lady. BeverlyCraven.com. And it was the first thing that came up along with a video and everything. And you can go from right. there. So it's all there. Well, Charlie Morgan, always an education to have you on Elton John World. Thank you so, so much. And good luck with the tour in the UK. Well, thank you very much. Well, that's all we've got time for on today's programme. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Charlie Morgan was our very first guest on Saturday Night's All Right for podcasting. Make sure you sign up, subscribe uh, through any of the podcast apps that are out there, which, whichever one you enjoy using the most. Um, and um, yeah, we'll look forward to your company at, You know, next month. It'll always be a Saturday that we put these shows out. And uh, yeah, we're very much welcome 
uh, more guests like Charlie on the show. <laughs>